I'm Erica. And I'm Jules. Most people have at least one thing that they can't or won't eat. Yeah, we're definitely like that. We started this podcast to talk about the gluten-free food industry. Like new products and some of the stories behind your favorite brands. And living life with a specialty diet and also some important healthcare topics. Since we're basically both broken inside. You had me at eat. Hello, and welcome to another episode of You Had Me Eat. Good morning, Jules. Good morning, Erica. How are you? Um, I'm I'm okay. I'm 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 sling free at the moment. Um, celebrating my sling freeness. Do you want to give everyone an update on that? I do have an update <laughs> on that. Well, um, I yeah, I'm in physical therapy, but I'm still not home free with the word from my doctor about whether or not I'm going to have to have surgery or not. So I'm, you know, trying to take it easy, but I'm propping my arm up on my desk right now for That's all smart. of those who are, are not visualizing this at the moment, but yes, I'm propping my arm up here. Yeah. It's gross. Gross. Yeah. Cause all I just <laughs> pictures you being like, up, up. <laughs> popping my <laughs> broken collarbone in and out. Yuck. Yeah. Um, that would be gross if that's what I was doing right now. Hopefully that's not what's happening, but yeah. Um, I'm trying, trying to take it easy, but I'm, I'm using, I'm, I'm stirring the batter with the left hand. That's what I'm doing. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Your left arm is going to get so swole. It's going to be like so jacked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's the idea. I'm trying to build it up. Yeah. Nice. I don't know. That's what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, that's me right now. Um, but I, I guess I'm kind of doing better than you right now. You got a little bit of a cold. I feel horrible. Yep, I do. I feel horrible. You look um, good though. Thanks. I had a photo shoot yesterday, so I'm still rocking photo shoot hair. However, I do not have my photo shoot makeup because I looked incredible last night, and now I just you did. look like I'm. I look like how I feel. So Aww. there you go. Well, you did look incredible last night. Thank you. You. Those pictures were. You're a rock star. Thank you. Yeah, you uh, you look like you had gotten married, and now you look like you had your honeymoon. <laughs> For real, or like drank too much of the wedding. I know, right? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, other than that, I had a really good weekend. That was super fun to be with my friends. I went to an incredible estate sale. You know, I love vintage stuff. Yes. And yes, I will, here is my question that I did not prep you for. What is this? Uh, it's a very fuzzy picture, so I can't tell. Uh, oh, geez. Um, <laughs> what There's is that? like <laughs> millions of them in the kitchen. Looks like this. <laughs> I can't even. There's I eight holes. <laughs> you need your glasses? <laughs> no. Should I have prepped you ahead of time with a photo? Because no. I wanted to surprise you. I, it looks like right? a rotary dial phone. Okay. It looks like it's some sort of a, a retro toothbrush holder <laughs> for like eight is enough. <laughs> so this is what I'm going to use it for is a toothbrush holder in my okay. bathroom. It is a kitchen gadget from okay. the fifties. Oh, okay. Fine. What does it do? There are, mm, I've seen them no everywhere in retro really? and vintage kitchens. Is it? This plastic? is jadeite. No, no, <gasps> this is so very cool. beautiful and heavy. There are okay. a million different versions of this, but okay. they all have the big hole in the center. 
mm-hmm. and then seven holes on the side. I have typed in vintage heavy eight hole object. Didn't return anything. What the hell is this? <laughs> no. I mean, I, I, I don't know. And it, there's nothing sharp about it. You can't like use it as a grater of any kind. No. And, and you're certain that it's a kitchen. Yes. Thing. Yes. They're always in the kitchen. They always have, they're not enough to like hold a spice or something. I don't, I thought, I don't know. It's, oh, and they're always in the kitchen and the state sales. What is this object that I bought? And it's, and it's not totally flat it on one side. Mm-hmm. Huh. And you, could you press something through it? Like, um, you no, know. it's not like an extruder. No, wow. it is in the kitchen as a holes. Is heavy. Mm-hmm. They're all heavy. What was this used for? And you couldn't like. No, but the one in the middle is not a hole. No, it's a just a depression. Uh, That's why I want to put my toothbrush, but yeah. I don't want to put my toothbrush in it if it's like a meat <laughs> something. <laughs> I don't know, but that's, I, it, you got me. It's, it, it could be a really fancy paperweight. Jules, you're the you. one person that I okay. knew was going to have I will something. I will think on it, Erica. Just I don't will. Google heavy kitchen vintage eight hole. Like really <laughs> spent like two hours trying to figure out what it was yesterday. Wow. You can't get those hours back. I can't because, and there's no relief. Like I still don't know what it is. Mm. Um, but anyway, I bought it. So that makes sense. You know, well, to buy something now you're going to make me waste two hours of my time because now I'm going to be fixated That's the on thing it. Is I, I thought you were my ringer. I thought you were just going to know what it was. What did you pay for this unknown object? I don't know. <laughs> 10, 15? You should have said, I'm only paying $2 because no one knows what Until this is. Until you for. know what it is and then I'll pay full price. <laughs> exactly. Until you tell me what I can use this thing for. I'm not paying over $2. No. Oh, so man. that's what I did this weekend. That's Even exciting. It's really only halfway through because we have another day for President's Day. So Matt has it off True. and I have it off. I and forgot. I had no idea. We have a day off. You know why I forgot? Because I never get those yeah, days exactly. off. <laughs> exactly. I work for myself. I work seven days a week. Oh, I'm going to be working unless I'm like hopefully not in bed. But I'll be working yeah. the entire time. Well, because- we will. We will send you thoughts and prayers as oh, you have been sending me from my shoulder. So yeah, I can yes. use them. I mean, I only am pissed because like, yes, being six sucks, but like it sucks because March is when we, I travel every weekend and I, I need to be better by yeah. then. So, so what do you take when you get sick? You take vitamin D, vitamin D, vitamin C, and then these, which have elderberry what? and zinc. Elderberry, so, yes. And then for my sore throat, because of all the mucus, mm-hmm. you take the lollies. What is that? Lollies what? Again, it's, it's just very throat, blurry. Throat suit, sorry. Throat these soothing pops for kids. And the listeners have no idea what you're holding up. So yeah. Okay, to- good call. So before <laughs> I was holding up the Sambucus elderberry from Nature's Way that has zinc and elderberry and vitamin C in it as well. So I take Got these it. as prescribed on the back. And then <laughs> these are lollies and they're like watermelon, strawberry, mango. And basically they're just pectin. So it's a demulcent and you're like, it takes the, the mucus and just 
takes it off your the back of your throat. Mm-hmm. So it's just packed in. It's basically all the, the crap that you put in to make your own jam and jelly, but it's in mm-hmm. a, a, a really amazing lolly. So I love these. I've loved these mm-hmm. since they launched. They're for kids. I don't really care. I use them all the time. So <laughs> That's great. I just have endless snot. Oh, that's very handy to have those yeah. product recommendations. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look for those lollies. That sounds kind of cool. They're awesome. And I really just prefer the strawberry, but the watermelon's been interesting. I don't know. I like watermelon flavors. And they're flat. And apparently yeah. that's a thing for kids because you mm. can't give them like the big suckers anymore. Because mm. then they choke and die. It's bad bad for kids it's bad for business it's bad for kids <laughs> so i think like the flat lolly is where it's at i don't really know mm-hmm. okay well adults probably shouldn't choke and die either so i mean i feel like they would probably have more control but you're right we don't want anyone to choke <laughs> and die a lollipops or anything no or yeah. anything really yes okay. so talking about dying um, and, oh yes, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about. So we get pitched a lot of things on for the show, for life, for everything, and um, sometimes we get um, pitched a lot of like health news. Right, a lot of it makes sense for us. Some mm-hmm. of it's like, well, this is kind of weird, and then some of it's like, oh, this is really depressing. So Jules has a really depressing study she wants to share <laughs> for you guys about something yeah. we all love. So yes, and so one of the things is. You know, various people say, hey, we'd love to be on your show. Please interview us. And um, <laughs> so Erica said, dude, no, that's too depressing. <laughs> so I said, OK, fine. But we'll talk about it because it's still something that you guys mm-hmm. should know about. Um, and so there's this study that came out recently about um, foodborne illness. And it's in a place where apparently a lot. <laughs> woo, Thumbs up. Apparently a lot of a lot of people don't know that you can get sick from eating raw batters and doughs, um, you know, like cookie doughs and things like that. And um, so apparently the that's when like out. someone my mom's age will like chime in and be like, well, in my day we ate it all the time. We never died. Ooh, everyone's yeah. so woke these days talking about foodborne illness and all things we can't eat. I'm like, cool. If you want to lick a raw chicken breast, go for it. But like well, now that we know the science behind all this disgusting stuff, like, yeah. let's just be preventative about it. Okay. That's right. We all, we have the facts. So let's use them. No one needs yeah, to so, eat raw cookie dough. Well, yeah. Um, so or, 60- do we? <laughs> or do we? Or do we? <laughs> of consumers surveyed said that they do eat raw cookie dough or batter. And this is where Erica and I were getting into it before the show today. The verb verb here was that they eat raw cookie dough or batter. And I said, who eats batter? And so we got into like, well, what is the, the proper verb here. And is it eat or is it taste? Because there's like a difference. Anyway, I'm a little bit. Who doesn't it. taste when like the batter falls outside the cupcake liner? Who doesn't just have a taste of that? Right. Well, and, and then, you know, like time. taste this and taste that, make sure that it's right. You know, whatever. Um, and, and there's a, <laughs> I, I have way too many stories of teaching cooking classes or doing demonstrations where had I not, tasted it, um, I would have, you know, known, not known that something had gone very, very awry mm-hmm. 
in what I was doing. And that would have been very embarrassing. Um, So, I mean, I think, (laughs) is is this a case of like the dose is the poison? Like how much raw dough would you have to eat to to get salmonella or E. Yeah, coli no. or whatever. And, and much, this, you know? this study, perhaps we should have had the expert on Erica because we could have asked these questions. <laughs> anyway, I don't know the answer to that question, but um, the the issue here is that flour, I mean, because it used to be because they're like, don't eggs. eat that because it has eggs in it, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, then you know, now you can buy um, eggs that have been treated and, you know, you can you're safe with buying these eggs. And, and we thought we were safe because, um, now all the muscle you know. heads just have all those egg shakes. Remember was that popular <laughs> in like the two thousands or something? So yeah. gross. Yes. Yes, I do. But now they're saying, well, because the flour can have also carry salmonella and E. Coli because mm-hmm. it's, you know, the, the flour itself. I mean, and there's um, been recalls on flour yeah. that have mm-hmm. had contaminants in it, much like anything can have contaminants in it, but. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway, that's what the study came out and said that, you know, you have to cook the flour to 165 degrees in order for these pathogens to die. So how do you do that? And that was and the thing we were how do you do that and eat the raw cookie dough? Right. Sure. Or the raw batter so, or anything. Right. So, you know, if you wanted to do that in your home, you could cook the flour, you know, like spread it out on a cookie sheet and cook the flour um, to 165 degrees, or you could microwave it um, before you're going to be, um, you know, baking with it. Um, but then there's, you know, issues with, well, has it cooked all the way through or did you mound it? And, you know, it didn't cook. Yeah. And like, doesn't that do something to the protein? Like, won't that affect how it bakes? Like there's all these questions that honestly, even if we had the expert on, I wouldn't have time and patience to get ready to be like, Oh, welcome to our podcast. Uh, Illustrious guest, please come in. Um, no, nobody has time for that today. So I'm glad that we didn't have this person over. And I also don't think that they would really know like, well, here's what you do and here's how it changes the protein structure. My um, food scientist friends, I think may know, but I think they would be the kind of cookie dough. Right. And they would be (laughs) the kind of people that are like, who cares? Eat the cookie dough anyway. YOLO. You only live once, you know? (laughs) Yeah. There's a million things out there trying to kill you on a daily basis. If it's cookie dough, what a way to go. Right. I know. At least you went down swinging. Um, yeah. So anyway, this is, this is our PSA. Don't eat the cookie dough. I mean, you know. like we're giving you this knowledge. <laughs> Put it in the back of your head. Next time you're like, Oh, I should probably just eat this cookie dough. Yeah. Think about it. Is it yeah. worth it? Maybe, maybe don't eat all the cookie dough. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just a taste <laughs> and that's all you need. And then you die. Death, death by cookie dough. I don't know. Yeah, put that on your right. gravestone. Hashtag death by or, cookie dough. Or should you eat the cookie dough because you had the facts and you chose to eat the cookie dough anyway? Mm-hmm. We didn't tell mm-hmm. you to eat the cookie mm-hmm. dough, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. But if you did, and then you got sick, then you might think, "Hmm, I might need to go to the doctor because I I know it's either E. coli or salmonella." Or salmonella. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So get treated for that. I would love for you to go to an ER piece and be like, <laughs> I think it's the raw cookie dough. And the guy's like, what? And 
like, is it? I ate a raw veggie dough. And this is, they did I licked not the brownie it. batter. And the doctor's like, are you serious right now? They're like, I have a gunshot wound victim in the next thing over. And you're like, hey, you're a cookie dough. And I'm dying. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I do. Maybe we should have like an ER dog number and be like, how many cases uh, per year of people do you have come in? It's like, ma'am, it, it was, was the, the cookie, cookie dough. dough. I just feel I like there's so I don't want to make like. <laughs> there's just but so yeah. many other disgusting ways to get sick from food. Yeah. Most of it's yeah. like the norovirus and people who are not washing their hands and there's like right. feces contaminating. That's gross. I would yeah. never make light of that. I mean, it is kind of funny to be like, I was so sick one day and I'm like, oh, someone absolutely shit on my food. Like, this is absolutely a feces induced illness Um, because it happens all the time. I mean, and that's why I wash my vegetables and fruits. And like, uh, I I know I've been there. I've been on the toilet being like, oh, God, I absolutely ate someone else's poop. Um, but like that, I get, I get it. You know, that's like really, that's, you can't really prevent it. Someone's like really bad hand washing habits along the way. But like to do that to yourself by eating raw cookie dough, man, I can't, I can't, that's rough. Oh God. You don't think about that when you like get the norovirus, like that's absolutely someone's like the vomit or feces that you have had ingested and you're like, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What a fun podcast we made. Anyway, do you want to transition into something much better than this? Because I feel like we can just go down this for a long time yeah. and I don't want to. Um, les est le bon temps roulé. <laughs> yep. Let's have yeah. some French time with Let's uh, have professor, time. professor Fren- French professor <laughs> Jules Shepard. Let's talk about uh, yes. French holiday uh, that's coming up. Mardi Gras is Tuesday. So one of my favorite holidays and um, one I think of the you say that. Honestly, I think you say that about every holiday. Let's not lie. <laughs> every single time we've had a holiday and you're like, I love this holiday. It's my favorite. And you're like, oh, my God, lady, how many favorite holidays do you have? Because but I know every... that you truly do love this holiday. I do. I really, really do. But to your earlier point, I, I do kind of have a thing for food holidays. <laughs> I actually was walking with my one of my girlfriends yesterday and she was telling me all about her Passover Seder coming up and I'm like, can I crash your Passover oh God, Seder? Yes. <laughs> she's like, what? And I'm like, I have a thing for Passover Seders. True. She's like, girlfriend, if you want to crash my Passover Seder, I'm like, oh, love Passover Seders. I will bring my own matzah mm-hmm. and I, and she's like, Hey, if you want to bring your own gluten-free matzah, you can crash my Passover Seder. I'm like, I will. I, lo- I love crashing Seders. And she says, okay, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I love it because I love food holidays. And she's mm-hmm. like, never thought of Passover as a food holiday, but okay. I'm like, yeah, it is to me a food holiday. And yeah, but that's my thing. I, I know. I kind of find food holiday fun in everything because – when you can make it a gluten-free right. whatever. And you can be a part of it with everyone else. Yes. Then it's fun. And I get jazzy about it. <laughs> I, just, I just do. <laughs> I get so jazzy about it, you guys. 
<laughs> jazz hands. I mean, it. I didn't used to. I mean, obviously, yeah. when I was. Now that you, you know, have but, perfected cooking every food holiday. Well, okay, look, when you can make gluten-free beignets and gluten-free I was going to say, you got to talk about beignets, yeah. Then you look forward to Mardi Gras. So do you know the, the background of Mardi Gras? Because I don't. Because I never do. Like, what is it? Well, okay. Do you want the food background? or No, <laughs> you want, it's, like, the background it's religious, background? right? Isn't it like a celebration well, before Lent or something? Well, okay. An Easter? Well, not anymore. But, I mean, yeah. Okay. So it falls on Fat Tuesday, which is the day before Ash Wednesday. So you're supposed to get all your partying in and squeeze it all in on Fat Tuesday because then Lent starts on Ash Wednesday when you're supposed to deprive yourself for the next 40 days because you're entering Lent. So yes, that's why they call it Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras. Mardi is Tuesday, Gras is fat. Is that... So that means Ash Wednesday is Wednesday? That's exactly what that means. Oh, I'm like, it doesn't say on my calendar. I'm in March. It's not where we're <laughs> Yes. And so Tuesday also happens to be International Pancake Day because you're supposed to eat as many pancakes as possible on Tuesday and fatten up for Lent on so Wednesday. So weird. So that's another food holiday. So if you're not into king cake and beignets then make all the pancakes you want on tuesday isn't that shrove shrove, shrove tuesday mm-hmm. what does that mean that, it's that's the word for like you know it's the other like sort of religious word for tuesday before ash wednesday is Ash Wednesday a Catholic thing? Is this all Catholic yes. or is this Christian it's Catholic. or what is this? It's, I mean you know everything sort of piously Christian started with the Catholic base. Hmm. Mm. I taught but it's it all a, Christian. I worked at a Catholic bookstore and went to Catholic camps. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember any of this. I remember <laughs> Ash Wednesday because we had to walk around that stupid thing on our head. I mean, if you it's celebrate good for you, I get it. Ashes. But like, um, <clears throat> yes, wasn't for me. Um, my, my, church was also a little culty so that could be another podcast where we talk about the cult of weird religions um but yeah you're, so you're I, more into the cult of le crusades <laughs> i remember practical cults that's what we yes. talked about i'm not a religious cult anymore i'm more into practical cults can mm-hmm. i bake with this can i cook with this what is this i'll be a cult of this if someone <laughs> figures out what the heck this is only if it's useful only if it's useful mm-hmm. <laughs> too special <Yes>. um <laughs> So, yeah. Okay. So, and then, so Ash Wednesday, and then that's the start of Lent. Mm -hmm. And then you deprive yourself of all things for 40 days. Only you have fish Fridays and you can also make gluten-free fried fish on Fridays, like like fish and chips um, with beer batter, with gluten-free beer and do beer batter fish and chips on Fridays, which is kind of fun. Yeah. I remember, um, when McDonald's launched their like fish fillet Fridays and I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, Oh, I get it. It's like, mm-hmm. 
Lent. Um, mm-hmm. I just remember as a kid, I'd be like, I'm giving up candy. And I'm like, this is not making me have a closer relationship to God, but like, <laughs> whatever, man. And that's just like what kids do. And then every kid cheats and they feel super guilty about it. Yep. Oh man. That was a wild time in my life being religious yep. in the Catholic institution. But, um, yeah, well, yeah. that's why I no longer understand any of these holidays. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you Easter and is people. when you can start in, like, when does mm-hmm. Lent end? Easter? Mm-hmm. Right? Is yep. that, like, the yep. big thing? Yeah. Okay. That's when he rises and you can. And believe in, me, Jules has so many Easter recipes. Oh, so you. many Easter recipes. Because it's like, another food holiday. <laughs> but, like, right? yeah. So there's no food holiday for Ash Wednesday. Just Mardi Gras and Shrove Tuesday, and then yeah, Ash because, Wednesday is like sad, mm-hmm. and then sad. every Friday is happy because you can have beer battered fish and chips, mm-hmm. and then Easter is when all the good stuff starts again. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, that's depressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. what are you making for Mardi Gras then? Um, well, I actually was trying to figure out. I was taking a poll in my house whether it's going to be beignets or king cake because you know. You can only eat so much around here, you know? And I mean, I yeah, because you're not taking them anywhere. Like you have yeah. what? Three people living mm-hmm. with you right now. Yeah. That's, it's down from seven. Yeah. <laughs> you can really yeah. only eat so many. I would always vote for beignets because you mm-hmm. fry them, you know? Yeah. Everything good's fried. Yeah. Yeah. But you King know what? Cakes. I actually, I had a question from a reader several years ago um, about whether or not you could do beignets in an air fryer. And I have done them in the air fryer. They it's don't just like puff a baked donut. Well. It's like a big yeah. donut. If you're doing a donut, you do it properly and put it in a yes. fryer. Yes. And do a yeast a lot, raised a lot of donut. People, a lot of people um, are afraid of frying. I like, am one of those people. Yeah. So, you know, an air fryer is a, it's a valid question. No, it's not. Um, it's a, it's it's a not valid question. It is not a valid answer. That is not the <laughs> yes. same whatsoever. You'll well, never get it. Okay. If anything... I get it, get it, a, a kitchen top deep fryer. Yeah. And that's it. That's if you're afraid of it, mm-hmm. it's just in a thing. I do that. Super you know easy. I'm going to look for, I'm going to look for somebody who has one of those at the home show. Housewares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I need the inspired home show. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I keep calling it housewares, but yeah. Jewel's I call it housewares too. Show in, uh, in Chicago. And that's where we get all of like our kitchen props and gadgets and idolatries and practical cults. Um, (laughs) and that's, uh, so yeah, maybe it's uh, because I got one to test at the magazine and I gave it away because I wasn't doing a lot of (gasps) fryer stuff. Jules, I was already shipping you a million things. And so I just went out in my courtyard. I had a courtyard where I shared all my neighbors. Mm -hmm. It's like, does anyone want this? Mm -hmm. So it's like, Mm -hmm. yes, they came out and they're like, I'll take it. So Sorry. I'll, yes, I'll there are hard kitchen, in my just heart kitchen top deep, deep fryers. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's like tea fall or someone. It wasn't like a <gasps> super expensive. I know. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, you can get that. And I think that that would be a lot easier than doing stovetop deep frying. I think people, unless they have a practical cult, they crusade a large, you know, um, enamel uh, cast iron, whatever. I think they're like, I don't know how to fry something. Right. Um, and even people who have one don't know how to fry something. And I think they get a little like freaked out. Yeah. Well, and then the, your house smells like a you know, deep yeah. fryer. 
That's yep. that's the thing I just don't like is that like for days my house smells like I've been frying donuts, which yeah, you know it's okay, yep. but like, um, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the beignets done in an air fryer are not the same. And and here's the thing about air fryers: people think it is a fryer. It is it's not, not a fryer. fryer. It's, it's a, a convection, convection oven. oven. I just mm-hmm. want to scream from the rooftop: like, stop frying things in there that deserve to but, be fried. You have to give it to whoever invented the air fryer that they really did come up with a great name for that. Marketing genius. The the person who came up with the name for the air fryer. Because, you know, it's not an air fryer. It's It's just like fried pickles. And I'm like, it's not fried. It's pickles. (laughs) Like, it's just the same thing. It's just in a smaller footprint. Yeah. And I, and I love my air fryer. I use it all the time. I use it daily, but that's not saying that it's the equivalent of fried food. Like when I do baked wings, that's baked wings. Fried wings have a very different flavor or like fried chicken. Like everyone's like, I'm going to do it in the air fryer. I'm like, that's baked chicken with coating. Let's not like, let's not, let's be real with everyone. Yeah. I just, it's not, it's a small convection oven. Weirdos stop frying things in there that deserve to be fried. Like these, I can't enough about these donuts that are like cake donuts. I will, I will not forgive you if you're like, these are donuts. I'm like, they're cake in a donut shape. I'm so mad at you. Like, no, they're not the same thing. It's a totally different thing. I have cake donuts on my website and I have, Yeast donuts on my website. They're two completely different type of donuts. And I love them both, but they're totally different. They're totally different. I I went, I was in LA and I took an Uber to like, oh, actually I drove, which in LA is really scary. I'm not. See, I I would definitely fry donuts over driving in LA. Yeah. So (laughs) it wasn't an either or. (laughs) to a donut shop that I was oh, told had oh, free oh, donuts. Well, I'm, I might do that. And I was like, I'll drive anywhere for gluten-free donuts. And I got yeah. there and they're all baked. And I'm like, are you kidding me? If it's and a I'm donut so shop, mad. they should be making like real every time, yeasted fried donuts. Every time everyone is like, oh, I love them. They have the best donuts. I'm like, you're a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> and you've never had a yeasted fried donut. You don't get it. You are not <laughs> yeah. allowed to recommend this place to people. I'm like, if you're looking for a cake donut with flavors, go for it. Yeah. You can make that on your own. Why are yeah. these people here? It's so yeah. frustrating. Yeah. I will not. And like, you made me drive in LA to this donut <laughs> shop and it was cake donuts. You're such a jerk. So mad. So not worth it. Mm-mm. No, you knew yourself. Have, have you gone to the donut um, food truck? The no, because guess what? In Arizona? What? every I haven't had a spare second since I talked to you oh. about it. And they've been doing a night market. And guess what? There was a two-hour wait and they sold <gasps> out. A two-hour oh wait. God. Like people were in You're line. Like me. my friend Caitlin filmed this. And it's just like, there is the longest line. I'm like, dude, no. I'm I'm too old to wait in the line that long. I'm like, I'll reach out to Dupe Loops and be like, I'm going to make a special order. I'm just going to come pick it up. Yeah. There is no way I'm waiting for two hours in this line. I am not a effing millennial who's like, oh my God, I love food trucks. I'm going to wait for three hours. I'm like, no, I've got places to be. I just want my fried donuts. Wow. I, I was just like, That's I looked impressive. at the line and I'm like, I'm never going to try this donut place. I'm do you know why they, this donut do you know place. why they have a line? Because they're, they're fried donuts. Fried donuts. So because they're real, delicious, gluten-free fried yeah. donuts. Yeah, I know. 
Anyway, so beignets, you can make them at home, gluten-free, fry them. Don't air fry them. But you can air fry them, but they're not going to taste the same. They won't get the, there's like, like a huge air pocket that you can get in them that just like, and they're like light as a feather. Do they puffed, require puffed. eggs? No. I mean, you can make them egg free. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they still get that oof thing? Oof. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, the story behind the king cake, right? Mm-hmm. With the baby in it. With the, with the baby. <laughs> Freaks me out every time people L'enfant. talk about it. Like, oh my God. It's so fun. So for listeners who don't know what the king cake is, it's like a big round kind of a cinnamon roll kind of a cake. It's not like a, a cake, like a, a vanilla cake, like what you're thinking of. Um, and tucked inside somewhere is a little plastic baby. <laughs> Sounds so bizarre, but anyway, um, you don't eat it, obviously. But it's whoever plastic. it's plastic. It. It's, speaking of foodborne illness, um, that whoever gets the slice of the cake that has the l'enfant in it um, is the she's saying la- the infant in some sort of like fancy French l'enfant. It's the infant. It's a small baby, <laughs> a small plastic baby. She got yeah. all like very proper with her French Stop and it. what she does. She loves, she loves showing off her French and I love her for it. But she's saying la, la enfant, right? The infant, <laughs> isn't that what it is? La enfant. La enfant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Don't the eat baby. it. lodged in your colon. And I swear to Christ, there has to be speaking about like medical, like numbers and like statistics. How many king cake babies are eaten and someone has to go to the emergency room because it's stuck in their uh, like well, esophagus or like Ugh. your colon. That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. I really want to know These are this. like this big though. Like. It doesn't matter because it has the sharp baby hands. Because it does. Because the does. baby's like sitting like this. <laughs> it's got like the sharp. I hands. went to uh, the baking supply store near me and they just have a box of these babies. Of babies. And I'm just like, this is so weird. But yeah, it's like this. Creepy, and I'm like, dude, that babies. it's going to be lodged in your like uh, duodenum or something. Your duodenal bulb. And so Ew. you're going to have to go in and be like. And there's just yeah. like plastic babies. It's it's passing this part here that that would be like. But it's like, you no. know, you give a dog a pill. If you wrap it in enough cake, that's the thing that's so weird. It's like you're eating something. You're supposed to find something. In it. Like those people that like accidentally swallow diamond rings from like a cake or something. Because you're just like swallowing things. And like you could absolutely eat that baby in a second. I don't know. I think you can. I think you can. I, and I'm not going I to be. Know. I'm not going to try it. To no. Be, person but i'm gonna have to ask a gi in fact i'm gonna put a poll on twitter i'm like have you ever oh yes do it do it a king cake baby stuck in someone's digestive tract because twitter basically i mean at least for me all twitter is anymore is just gi twitter i mean it's just medical twitter twitter i'm gonna do it right now okay anyway I'm going to use your picture of the baby, the king cake baby. (laughs) The king cake baby. Yeah, you can use that. I give you permission. Anyway, the plastic baby is stuck inside the cake. And whoever gets the piece and doesn't eat the baby but gets the piece (laughs) is lucky. They're very unlucky if they eat it. But if they get the piece, they're the lucky one. However, 
lucky is in air quotes because then next year they have to bring the king cake and arguably they're supposed to maybe even host the party that has the king cake with it. So it's kind of a, I have two posts. There's one that's the king case, king cake recipe. And there's one um, all about Mardi Gras and, and all the recipes and history of the food holiday itself. And it might be on the other post. Ooh, Ooh. good call. So what else do you make for Mardi Gras? Those are the two, really. I mean, I also have an etouffee recipe um, on my website that you can make um, gluten-free. A lot of people think that you can't make roux gluten-free. Um, and so this is a like a cheat, a, a roux cheat um, recipe. You can make a roux, obviously, with my flour, but this is like a super, super easy recipe uh, for etouffee that is not even, it's like, it's, it's embarrassingly easy. What is etouffee? Uh, etouffee is, um, uh, this recipe is for like seafood etouffee. Um, but you can also just use vegetables or, um, tofu. There's the baby. <laughs> yeah. I found the picture See of the baby. It's going on Twitter. I'm going to be stuck in your intestines. <laughs> yeah. That baby's um, absolutely, this baby's going to be lodged somewhere in your digestive tract. I swear oh to God, God, someone can swallow that. It's, Listeners, it, this is actually worth going on YouTube to see. To I see cannot wait to find if someone has a story for me about the baby in the air. All right, that you might need to just grab that picture, and that can be our little image for this uh, podcast episode. <laughs> the baby <It> picture. <laughs> oh my! Um, yeah. So etouffee is just, it's basically um, rice with a, um, a sauce of some kind, like a thicker sauce on top of it, like with seafood. And um, I use vegetables and, um, you know, peppers and mushrooms and things like that just on top of it. It's like a Cajun um, dish, but it's French Cajun, but. Obviously it has a very French name. You want to say it again? You just want me to say it again. I do. And what is a Les Tambons? Les Tambons? Les Temps Bonds? Oh, gosh. I didn't even know what you were saying. Oh. Yeah. You know why? Because I don't speak French. Laissez les bons temps rouler. Let the good times roll, basically. Okay. That's cute. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for this Twitter poll. This is going to be so good. (laughs) for the next episode we're absolutely going to update you if anyone responds but I cannot wait I do want to say one thing um, about celiac disease Um, just one thing no but normally this is where I would update you on some of the the latest and greatest research that is out Um, I was actually I'm a member a paying member of the society um, for the Society for the Study of Celiac Disease. So SSCD. It's a society that is made up of like professionals and paraprofessionals in the celiac disease research space. So I pay basically so I can be on these webinars with all these other celiac disease doctors, which is like my jam. Right. So um, 
what was nice is that the last webinar that I think was like two days ago or something um, was uh, 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 talking about the ACG guidelines that we had talked about in the podcast a right. couple of weeks ago. And that's when I had reached out to Dr. Ben Lovell, who's my favorite celiac physician and was like, what's the deal with this whole like non biopsy option for adults. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's more like a, not a guideline, but a suggestion. And I'm like, there's a lot of work around to that. And what was nice about this webinar is he really delved into that and like why it was an issue. Cause I'm like, why is this such an issue? Like just get people uh biopsy. And he said, um, he confirmed obviously that, um, that it was for, um, obviously adults with, um, getting a biopsy to prove that they have celiac disease are a non-biopsy for adults with celiac disease. Um, so just being diagnosed with celiac disease without a biopsy, just give them the blood test. He confirmed that for adults, they do have to have 10 times the upper normal limit of yeah. like their uh, celiac serology and why they chose this um, or why they chose to adopt these pediatric guidelines for adults. And if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to the ACG episode, because I think we delve into it a lot more. But there's pediatric guidelines that can basically diagnose a, a, a l'enfant, a child with um, <laughs> with, with celiac disease um, without a biopsy if they have 10 times the upper normal limits of certain like TTG markers and EMA. Um, they also do a screening for um, genes as well. Um, and so adults have been like, well, why can't this guideline be for adults? And they're like, oh, we really need to biopsy adults. But based on this latest ACG guideline, they're like, oh, we could possibly use this as a tool. And I am like mad because I think that everyone should get biopsies because we don't want a bunch of people out there just thinking that they have celiac disease and they really don't. But he really clarified, like, it's a really rare to have 10 times the upper normal yeah. limit of what these TTG markers are. And he said why they found that is that there was a study of 42 people and out of that 40, and again, that is such a small sample size, and they recognize that, but out of those 40, 95% had villus atrophy. Yeah. So it's like, dude, yeah, that's, if you have 10 times the upper normal limit of this, there's a good chance that you have celiac disease. So that's why they were like, okay, this data starts to make sense. And then what I think was really interesting that I had never really thought about that is that there was a lot of people who were having risks of undergoing biopsies for even... Um, just going under because you have to be um, put under with anesthesia to yeah. do a biopsy. It's not just like a simple thing that you can yep. it, do it with under like light sedation or whatever. So, yeah. So it is. Um, yeah. Because they're sticking something down your throat. And so yeah. you have this gag freak reflex out. Yeah. and yeah. And it's not you great. have to be, no, you have to yeah. be. I watched one. There was I was watching a reality TV show, and because this person was so large uh, size wise, they thought it would be a risk to put her under anesthesia. So they did a scope, just a scope, without uh, anesthesia, and watching her gag through the thing being put in through was enough to make me so sick I couldn't watch it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my god, there's a reason why I get put under for all of this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, so they were talking about um, how difficult it is for, and that's a great example for people of size um, or people who were biopsies could be difficult for their cardiovascular wellness. Like there's a lot of people who cannot undergo anesthesia for their cardiovascular 
health. Like it would mm. be too much of a risk just for a simple, it, it, it's not like a procedure that would be a life-saving procedure, right? It's just a biopsy. Right. So for a lot of people, their doctors are like, dude, no way are you putting them under just right. for a simple biopsy for celiac well, and disease. And this is part of the reason why they did it for kids, right? Like they didn't mm-hmm. want a lot of parents and, and doctors yeah. as well didn't want to have to put all these Sedate kids under anesthesia, kids. right? Yeah. Just, you know. That's also for bleeding at. patients, which I think is really interesting. My That's dad true. has um, blood cancer and it was really interesting, like learning all about, you know, hemato-oncology and just um, um, hematology in general about bleeding disorders and how right. like people are just not applicable or not able to do some of these things because of this. Yeah. So a biopsy, even though we don't think of it as like causing a blood issue, just like a colonoscopy, there's the, yeah. when you sign the waiver, you can say that it could be a bleeding issue or whatever. Right. They nick something or if something, they find something and they cut a, a lesion off and it bleeds, like there could be a bleeding problem. So sure. Dr. Ben was talking about, it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense than just like what I was thinking of people that just didn't want to be diagnosed. You know, there is a, there is a percentage of the population that, that can't do it. So I just think that that was really interesting. And I think that, um, another interesting thing that we think about is follow-up biopsies. And I was always told we should do it one year after diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And now they're saying two years after diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And now they're saying, we don't really have one. Yeah. Because they're saying really, if you, if you are symptomatic, yes, absolutely. Great question. If you're asymptomatic and you're just looking for histological remission, they're like, why do we keep doing this to people? Because there's no accurate biomarker for mucosal healing in this. So there's nothing that they're looking at. They can see, oh, it looks better, but there's no like marker to where it's like, this is 10% better. This is whatever. So there's no really clear association with mucosal healing and mortality. Mm. And that's what I think is really interesting. Like they would say, yes, we need this because it would be an increased mortality rate, Mm -hmm. but there is an association with like lymphoma and osteoporosis. So that's the reason why they're kind of like, yes, it'd be a good idea, but they're really struggling with like, do we keep recommending this thing because there's no biomarker for it? And we can just say, yes, you're getting better. If there's no symptoms, if there's symptoms like, yeah, you should be getting, um, scope to see if there's anything else. I'm like the celiac disease is a great mimicker. There's so many other things that it could be. It could also be microscopic colitis. Right. It could also yeah. be all these other things or SIBO or whatever. So yeah, if you're symptomatic, but if you're asymptomatic like me and I'm just like, well, why am I continuing to get a, a, a biopsy after I've been you know gluten-free, um, there's no reason to that they yeah. are really seen. So I, it's, it's, it's hard for me because I always recommend a follow-up biopsy because that's what I was told. And now they're kind of like, yeah. so I think over with more research, I think over, over time we'll find that really there's no use in a follow-up biopsy for people who are feeling better symptomatically, um, which is weird for me to say that, but I think the research is headed that way, but mm-hmm. we'll see on the next guideline update. Very cool. Thanks for yeah. the update. Yeah, it's fun. It's always good to see Dr. Ben talk about what he he's so passionate about things, which is why I love him. So he's great. Um, and then also Carol Simrad um, said 8% of celiacs may re- uh, react to afinin protein. Remember how we were talking about oats yes. and we said that there's a small mm-hmm. percentage of mm-hmm. celiacs. And I always thought it was like one Four. to 10%, but I really didn't have a good idea. Mm-hmm. And she said eight. And I'm like, that's still a lot. That's still mm-hmm. a lot of celiacs mm-hmm. who are reacting to mm-hmm. avenin. So 
Yeah. Yeah. They had, um, at the, uh, at the conference, they had a couple of different people present on that and they had mm-hmm. some different studies that showed different amounts. Yeah, they were always weird. They, they were all in that range. Was, I always thought it was, it was like such a six. small amount. And I'm like, 8% is not a small amount. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. And they're talking about how like working with your doctor to see if you tolerate oats. I'm like, dude, nobody does that. Like nobody's like, I'm going to read your doctor's going to be like, doctor yeah, let's, to make let's sure. work, look, work together on this. Doctors are like, and I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if you need oats or not. Um, It's so frustrating too, because I think that they work in research, right? So they assume that everyone has access to a GI dietitian, access to a a regular dietitian. If they don't have a GI dietitian, I'm like, dude, I've never seen a dietitian. And most of the dietitians that are referred to have no, no no concept of how to work with someone with celiac disease. And, and honestly can do some harm because they really don't know what they're doing. Like, unless you're working with a dietitian who has a specialty with celiac, it's yep. really shocking how yeah. bad yep. some of them. So, um, it's, so, uh, it's really interesting to hear from a research perspective, like how much they don't quite get what it's like to be a patient with it. And like, I know that they've worked with patients for forever and they get it, but they, there's still so much work to be done understanding what it's like to be in the shoes of the patient as, as with any doctor. But I think with research, it's like, well, you can just work with your physician to see if you tolerate oats. I'm like, dude, no one's going to do that. But like, thanks for the recommendation. Yeah. Not, it does not happen in the real world. Yeah. But anyway, so it was a good conference and I always like being a part of that society. It makes me feel closer to the research than ever before. So I dig it. And I'm here I pay for it for you guys. For you to have and we appreciate that. Disease. We, yeah. you, you really and I'm going to write it off as a tax <laughs> credit or write off or whatever, because I'm using it for work. So you're welcome. <laughs> and you heard it here first. Yep. I just had two products to show you this week. Please. Um, one is just pure foods. I'm trying not to crinkle it too close to you, but it's a, um, it's tomato chips and it's basically just dehydrated tomatoes with a bunch of seasoning in them. They have like jalapeno, they have barbecue, they have cheese, which of course has cheese in it. And then they have just a plain one. Um, and so it's really interesting that, um, well, first of all, in the back, they talk about how their facility and our products do not contain any of the following. And they list peanut, milk, soy, tree nuts, eggs, wheat. My God, that would be so great if all brands yeah. actually showed what they had and what they didn't have in a facility. My God, that would be yeah. great. But um, yeah, so it's great. Um, my, I gave these to my neighbors. So my neighbor works sourcing products for a grocery chain for the fruit and vegetable section. So anytime I go to like fancy food or Expo West or whatever, mm-hmm. and there is like a fruit or a vegetable based anything, I always get two samples, one for him, one for me. Um, so he can see like what he wants to stock in this grocery chain, which I think is awesome. But I gave him a bunch and he's like, I love these. And his wife was like, these are so great. I re- want to replace them on everything. Croutons. Yeah. Salad. Yes. Everything just like, okay. What a great idea to use them for croutons. Yeah. Yeah, so she um she digs them, I dig them. There's chickpeas in them as well, I believe. Um, but it's low temperature, dried to maintain all nutrients, non-GMO, like all the things. It's just great. Cool. I just I really dig them, and um, I'm super happy that they sent me some products. 
And it's just nice to have like a, just a pure, when you have to travel, the name of the package goods, it's just pure foods, just pure. So do they have other products besides the tomato? That is such a great question. They must. I mean, they wouldn't name it just pure if they weren't going to launch other things besides tomatoes. I I feel like that's something I should have known before I got on this call with you. I don't. So we'll see. We'll We'll, we'll we'll find out and put in the liner notes. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So this is one that I was like kind of hesitant on showing you because it's not labeled. Um, It's not labeled gluten-free. It's not certified. It's not certified gluten-free. It's labeled gluten-free, but it's not like anything that we would pick this off the shelf and be like, what is this? You know, Mm -hmm. I talked to the company. They gave me their testing information from Canada. So straight up, like they know they're testing. They're like considering being certified. But um, this is uh, DWC, the Dutch Waffle Company, and it is Stroop Waffles. So um, Stroop Waffles are like they in Europe, you put it on top of your coffee it warms this up so you have like a warm cookie with your coffee or your hot cocoa or you just eat them straight like matt did so um they're gluten-free and organic but they have dairy in them so i haven't tried them but matt is like obsessed with these their flour blend is rice flour tapioca flour potato starch they have a glucose syrup which is always like the thing that we're like oh my god Mm -hmm. what is in it because we always get freaked out because some people have wheat syrup in it this is not. Um, and then again, they had, they gave me the testing results and um, it contains soy milk and egg in this as well, but um, they're delicious. They also have a pie mix that I have to try first before I recommend, but Matt loved these. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in a Stroopwafel, um, I will share with you these because um, he really liked them as well. So he's like, oh my God, can you please talk about this product so I can eat them when you're done? So that's why I had to talk about them today so he can eat them. But yeah, Clearly, they're, they're they, delicious. They must also make regular wheat-based They do. They do. So definitely, as always, with a lot of Stroopwafel companies, they do both. Yeah. So I would just always be cognizant and read the labels for everything that we yeah. do. But again, there's pie crust. That'll be something I'll you, test later. When you were showing the packaging, it looked very like this could look like a regular wheat-based waffle or a gluten-free waffle. Mm-hmm. So be very careful when you're purchasing something like that too. Um, Cause a lot of those companies, you know, I'm not just, you know, banging on the waffle companies, but like a lot of companies that make wheat-based or um, gluten-free, they tend to have similar packaging. So make mm-hmm. sure you're buying the right one. Um, I actually have a post about that on my site that shows um, different packaging from companies that make both and how similar they are. So and annoying. it drives me crazy. Like I think the people in those companies put branding before mm-hmm. they put mm-hmm. the safety. customer safety because they're not the ones in the stores buying these things. They, they yeah. really don't. They're just like, they've got somebody in their team who's just like, no, it all has to look the same. And like, yeah. no. You're not the the customer with the food allergy or the celiac disease. I mean, to to be fair, when I was in branding before all of this, before I even got diagnosed, I would have said the same thing. I would have been like, it has to be similar. But that's what I'm saying. And then, but it comes down to the fact that if you are not living this life and you, you don't know. know, And, and that's why, you know, I, I don't know, as a person who is living this life and has a company, that sells these types of products. Mm-hmm. I run my company very differently. 
And it's, it just, it shows in lots of little ways when you're shopping for those types of products, the choices that people make, you know, when it comes Mm -hmm. to packaging, when it comes to ingredients, when it comes to where you produce, whether it's a dedicated facility or not, like it, it shows in lots of different ways when you are making a choice as a consumer, which kind of company you buy your products from. Mm -hmm. And that's how I make choices when I'm going out shopping. Like I can tell when I'm buying a product, you know, what's nice is that like, so the Stroopwafel company, just an example, they have two mm-hmm. pie crusts. Mm-hmm. One is gluten-free. Notice how mm-hmm. they have the key lime pie on it. The other mm-hmm. one is not gluten-free, has mm-hmm. the other cheesecake on it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, at least there's a differential on it. You know, mm-hmm. their Stroopwafels look the exact same, same packaging, yeah. but at least put something different on the front or yeah. a different color, or different call out, like just yeah. do it right. Also, they only make tomatoes. I did check. I did the the prep check that I was supposed to do before I got on the podcast, <laughs> I did it while you were talking because that's just so how you good ignored I am. everything I was saying. Yeah, no, You're like I've heard it all before. Jules and I talk all the time. I mean, actually, I know what she's. I know what she's, she's going to say. Like, I get it. I get it. Jules. I know. Anything else? No, it was a pleasure talking to you. I just want to lay in bed. That's all yeah. I want to do. Mm-hmm. Fine. I, wanna, back I to have bed. been holding back snot for so long. Go That's have a lollipop or blow something. My nose. I know. <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us that you had me eat. We'll be back again later. Um, don't miss us too much. We'll miss you though. Yeah. Just as much, <laughs> if not twice as much than you miss us. If you like this episode, make sure you rate it on your podcast provider. And subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. You had me at eat. <laughs>